really excited to do this one, but like, I don't know if I'm just tired, but I was like, ugh. Like, I love this show, but I'm like, uh, really? <laughs> I think it was yeah. also the fact that I like couldn't really find a bootleg of it either. Um, just because like listening, like this is a fun show to listen to. Like there's some good songs, but some of them also are, like are, like clunkers. It's like, oh yeah, we can just sit through the song, I guess. Hmm. Or I guess like in the Broadway version, it's a, some clunkers, but in ah, the, because they add some. In the yeah, in the movie they're all bops, but in the yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, that's not my experience. I really <laughs> like them all. Yeah. But yeah, because it's it's short and concise. Yeah, this and is a uh, fun show for sure. Um, but it's just, I just I, listening to it. I'm like, I want to see it. Like, <laughs> I just want to see the the puppet moving around and like the you know street urchins and like the flower shop. Like it's just like a such a like it's such a minimalist show. Other than like you know the giant puppet. Um, like you could really just do it like with you know like the only thing you spend money on is the puppet. Yeah, because it <laughs> like, probably costs a heck of a lot. Yeah, like a $10,000 budget and the only, like, it's like a $5 costume budget. Go buy, like, shabby clothes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's basically what they did for the movie. They got thrift store clothes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Skid Row doesn't sound like they have, like, very, like, highfalutin costumes. Highfalutin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I wanted to watch, like, I was, I was like, I'm always ambitious when I'm doing these. I'm like, oh yeah, I'll watch like the movie and I'll watch the musical. Then I'll watch like the original, I was going to watch like the original B movie this is from, like from yeah. the 60s. But I'm like, this is just, I couldn't even watch one. <laughs> <laughs> just because I'm always like pushing it back. I'm like, oh yeah, I'll wait until this week. Oh wait, never mind. I'm busy this week because I'm in school again. Like, I can't just waste time watching a three hour movie. I mean, I usually do, but like, I feel bad when I do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually got a lot of stuff done. Um, because I was trying to put off schoolwork. Um, so I just found like researching for this show was actually quite easy. Oh, nice. Yeah. But then again, I still don't have like a heck of a lot because it's not really based on anything. Yeah. Um, well, uh, not based on anything historical, but it is, there's a weird, um, how would you say? There's a weird like sequence of like, Oh, it was inspired by this, which was inspired by that, which was inspired mm-hmm. by that. So it goes pretty yeah. far back. Um, yeah, I have um like the obviously the authors of the show are like Howard Ashman and Alan Menken. So I have like the notes from them when we did them when we did the fairy tale stuff, like uh back in like February. They did um, Cinderella and Beauty and the Beast, right? Uh Beauty and the Beast and Little Little Mermaid. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um so I can talk about them a little bit. Um and then yeah, we have, yeah, I've seen the show, I think just once. Was that with me? At Walnut Grove? Yes. Yeah, okay, that was it, yeah. Yeah, do you want to get into it? <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode number 36 of History in the Spotlight on Little Shop of Horrors. Yay! Oh, I just had a moment where I was like, isn't it 35? <laughs> but then I realized that it, um, it was because I made the, the Canva thing today oh yeah 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 looks so, good like, it was like i was like really that was like, that was like 10 minutes <laughs> what i was like i was surprised that it only took 10 minutes for to do that the um the carry thing yeah um well the canva thing is a lot of fun and it's quite easy to find something and honestly i wasn't too inspired um yeah <laughs> so i just said let's put these together oh that looks kind of cool all right done yeah <laughs> 
Um, it's definitely not like the evil dead one. That one took me a while. Yeah. Um, yeah. So little shop of horrors, just a quick synopsis. Uh, Seymour Krellborn is a meek and dejected assistant at a floral shop who opens, happens upon a We didn't introduce street. ourselves. Oh yeah. Sorry. I'm Max Cowan. I'm Annika Lutain. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah so they were That's t- funny. <laughs> yeah, talking about little shop of horrors. Um, yeah. So we're talking about the, um, the movie and the musical and probably like the older movie too. Um, yeah, so just a quick synopsis. This is for the musical. Um, it's pretty similar between the I, I don't know I think the first the first production, but like the um the movie and the musical is the same plot. So Seymour Krellborn is a de- mink and dejected assistant at a floral shop who happens upon a strange plant, which he officially names Audrey Two after his crush at the shop. Little does he know that his strange and unusual plant will develop a soul soulful R and B voice, a potty mouth, and an uncomfortable thirst for human blood, and human blood is in all caps. Um, that's just from a stage agent thing, I think. I'm a blood. Yeah. Um, Annika, do you want to, what, what did you research for this? Um, well, I looked into the history of the development of the Little Shop of Horrors. Mm-hmm. So nothing like too in-depth. It was just kind of more like this was inspired by this and this was inspired by that. And it actually went much further back than I thought it was. Mm. Or than I even like thought about. I thought it was just like the weird movie or from the yeah. 60s and then onwards but no it actually goes back to like 1905 oh wow <laughs> yeah <laughs> um did you do the wait do you hear that no okay good never mind sorry my roommates are talking okay. um so uh did you do the well I, of course everyone did the grade 12 like english exam um do you remember there was like a a short story that was about like plants taking over I wasn't in AP in grade 12 I think it was regular actually I don't know I don't I don't remember anything about a plant taking over oh okay anywho (laughs) (laughs) we can cut that part out okay Um, uh so and then I also have some fun facts later on um and kind of a weird fun fact that I, I was like, oh yeah, they can never, uh, whatever, they can never reproduce this movie or musical nowadays, mm. but in fact, they tried to. Mm. So uh, the history of the development of Little Chop of Horrors. So in 1905, H.G. Wells wrote the story, The Flowering of the Strange Orchid. Uh, I don't know what it's about, but uh, you know, it's a strange orchid. Yeah, <laughs> looked a little bit more into that, but yeah. Um, so that um, inspired by the horror story by H.G. Wells, sci-fi artist Arthur C. Clarke wrote *The Reluctant Orchid* in 1956, which is about a man who tries to use a deadly plant to murder his aunt. Oh, that wow. rhymes. Oh, <laughs> <His> aunt, 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 <laughs> plant, aunt. <laughs> um, so then, screenwriter Charles B. Griffith took inspiration from The Reluctant Orchid and wrote Little Shop of Horrors in 1960. So directed by Roger Corman, uh, there was no singing or dancing, but it did feature a young Jack Nicholson. Uh, Mm. The budget was $30,000. Jeez. (laughs) Well, still like in... uh, Mm, But but still, it's it's not that much. It's like Mm $230,000, I think. Nowadays. Yeah, and yeah, nowadays, like even like indie films, like million million dollar projects, like <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. Or not not indie, but like like even like pared down films are still that cost that much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so Howard Ashman fell in love with the film's characters and worked with Alan Menken to bring the campy classic to the stage. Uh, the show premiered in May of 1982 at the small YPA theater, where after four, or 24 performances, uh, it moved to the bigger Orpheum Theater, and that was there they or there they did uh, 2,000 performances. Uh, later on in 1986, uh, the film uh, in turn is based off of uh, the Broadway musical, so it was directed by Frank Oz of the Muppets fame. And it features Rick Moranis, Ellen Green, Vincent Gardenia, Steve Martin, and Levi Stubbs, to name a few. Uh, mm-hmm. Levi Stubbs is the voice of Audrey, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's basically what I've got for like the history of the development. I was just like, oh, it's kind of <laughs> cool that it goes back all that. F- yeah, it's cool. There's like far. a chain of events. And I'm sure it's like, it's like all the history, like all the, um, like all the fairy tales. I'm sure there's something before um like the hg wells thing. Mm-hmm. i'm sure there's probably like he, he was had to be inspired by something unless he was yeah. you know, just inspired by an angry orchid or something <laughs> <laughs> probably some like ancient like uh like chinese folktale or yeah um, or like greek or like something feudal ooh. or like i don't know yeah yeah i'm sure people have like thought of like oh if i could only kill this person what if i threw them into a venus flytrap yeah <laughs> I don't know. Every once in a while on my TikTok, I get, I get like Venus Flytrap TikTok and it kind of scares me a little bit. <laughs> They've always freaked me out since I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think this movie <laughs> didn't help. <laughs> it like, brought back trauma. <laughs> like, oh my God. <laughs> Although, yeah. I mean, it isn't quite a Venus Flytrap, so it is as scary. Like, it's, it's, you can definitely tell it's a cartoon. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's still like, you know, traumatic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I have some fun facts, but do you want to get started with, uh, some of the production stuff? Yeah, sure. So the characters, um, I just did the five, five main ones. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Seymour Krelborn, a medial, medial laborer at Mushnick's flower shop. Uh, Seymour Krelborn is the improbable hero of the story. Nebbish-like and insecure, he is naive and feels much put upon. In spite of his flaws, he's a sweet and well-meaning man, a little man. <laughs> um, <laughs> Seymour is the owner of the carnivorous plant, Audrey II. Uh, Audrey, the gum-snapping, bleached, blonde, secret love of Seymour's life. Audrey works with Seymour at the flower shop. Lacking an education and a self-esteem, she suffers from feelings of hopelessness at her edu- situation in life, including her abusive relationship with her boyfriend, Orwin Scrivello. Seymour names his plant after her. Uh, Mr. Mushnick, owner of uh, Mushnick's flower shop, a failing uh, business on Skid Row. Mr. Mushnick is often is given to cursing in Yiddish. Uh, he is a man who seldom smiles and often yells. Uh, Orange Scrivello, uh, Audrey's dentist boyfriend. Orange Scrivello is a motorcycle riding, black leather jacket wearing, tough guy. A lot of adjectives in these descriptions. Wow. <laughs> um, he's tall, dark, handsome, and sadistic. His fondness for his own nitrous oxide proves to be his undoing. And then Audrey II, a wise, cracking, anthropomorphic cross between a Venus flytrap and an avocado with teeth. Audrey II is Seymour's favorite and soon famous plant. Uh, Seymour, avocado with teeth? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, gu- I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, Seymour purchased a plant at Shang's flower shop during mysterious total eclipse of the sun. But once the plant has its taste of human blood, there's no stopping it. Um, and then there's also a couple auxiliary characters. There's like the Greek chorus of the show, the um, mm-hmm. Chiffon, Crystal, and Ronette, I think. Uh, the names are the three urchins. Um, there's, I love them so much. Um, and then I'm trying to think. There's also... Um, a couple of people are like, oh, we're going to make you famous. We're going to make you rich. And like and a couple of songs. There are really, mm-hmm. there's really only the, only like the eight characters on the yeah. show. And I think even like, even in productions, like they just have Oren at the end, there's a, a song, The Meek Shall Inherit. And they have him just like coming in at the end. And it's just like him changing into like, into drag and into like different business suits, like for like each person that gives Seymour opportunity. Um so yeah like when we saw the show like they really had to pad in the ensemble oh yeah um yeah, I think they I think they doubled or tripled the size of the street urchins like there was like I think six to nine of them instead of just three there were so many yeah and then during somewhere that's green um like they had people just like laying down in the street while Audrey was singing like it created a cool environment but it's just like <laughs> why are they there <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah, it's it was definitely a choice. Um, but also one like that school was has such a big population. So I'm like, yeah. And like the thing is, like everyone is everyone that has school is like so talented because there's like so many people there. So it's just like mm-hmm. they have to do a show that like serves a cast. So yeah, I get yeah. it. But I think that yeah. was why we never did it. Yeah, there's a couple shows we like it would be fun to do, but they like, are so small. Like e- like even like in even like into the woods, like although the music is kind of hard in that show but um so hard yeah so annoying yeah (laughs) but like even like into the woods like it's still like I think like a like 10 to 15 person cast and we always had like you know like 30 to 40 kids in theater so it's like how do you like give it a show ensemble that doesn't have an ensemble normally Because, like, there are a couple ensemble songs. Like, there's, like, Into the Woods and, like, the Midnight songs. And and I'm sure there's ways you can fit them in, like, different, like, vignette scenes in between things. But, like, they're really, like, at that point, it just isn't fun anymore for the ensemble. Um, yeah. Well, I, I guess we tried to do it with um, Sister Act, where we just had, like, a bunch of nuns. Yeah, <laughs> ensemble was a bunch of nuns and then a bunch of homeless people mm-hmm. and like with Willy Wonka you get away with it pretty easy because you have like kids squirrels Loopas, yeah chefs yeah. <laughs> yeah so yeah it's definitely like shows like Willy Wonka and like to a certain extent sister act but at, that, at a certain point like you get into people that were like male ensemble like me and a couple other people where it's like oh yeah we're in like two scenes <laughs> yeah <laughs> like I'm not a nun so I'm not like like the nuns are in like every scene for the ensemble but like the homeless people are like are in like one one uh scene in act one and then yeah. like if they ever roll somewhere else they're uh, they ever roll somewhere else <laughs> like couldn't they have had like the altar boys sit in with the choir or was that just like an all-female thing it's a sore spot <laughs> I've, I've just learned so much more about the catholic church since starting to watch midnight mass oh yeah yeah <laughs> like the deacons Mm-hmm. oh they're monsignor now i know why they call him monsignor yeah i'm slightly um, traumatized from that show too more than willy wonka to be honest oh yeah for sure no i i understand <laughs> <laughs> um okay so i'm spot for me <laughs> yeah 
Um, okay, so just the creatives. Um, I have like a whole big paragraph for them, but I'll just go through the Cole's notes and the Elm Mencken and Howard Ashman of it all. So, uh, El so music is by Ellen Mencken, lyrics and book are by Howard Ashman. Um, we talked about them a bit in the uh, Little Mermaid and uh, Be the Beast episodes. And I try to think if we have another, if we have another Alan Menken thrown in there, but I don't think we do. There's a couple shows that we can do in the future of his. Um, there's, uh, um, sorry, where is it? <laughs> Pocahontas, no, I'm not talking about um, I mean, just, what other shows has he done? Uh, oh, Newsies, there we go. Um, hello? Oh, there you are. Okay, I, 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 you, were, you were silent, so I was like, oh no, did you freeze? But it was Yeah, I'm just quiet. muted for a second because someone's moving upstairs. Okay, um, yeah, so like shows we could do for the future of his are like Aladdin, if we do another um, fairy tale month, or like... Um, That's probably most likely going to happen. Yeah, there's there's a lot of them we could do. Uh, yeah. Newsies. Um, That's later this month, isn't it? Or next month. Oh, it is? Okay, oh, cool. Or December. I don't know. Oh, huh. no. I think it was what we were originally going to do sometime be... in September, and then I nixed it because I was like, you know what? I'm not too excited about this. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I think a Bronx Tale is also historically based, or maybe it's just a movie it's based on. Never mind. We'll see. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there's a couple of making shows we can do in the future. Um, uh, but yeah, so Ellen Mekin, born in uh, New York, he was a uh, his first job was with Sesame Street. He um, first stage adaptation was of uh, God Bless You, Mr. Rosewater with uh, Howard Ashman. Um, the musical for Little Shop of Horrors in 1982 where he stayed off Broadway for five years, um, which doesn't happen a lot for off-Broadway shows. Like I think Avenue Q stayed off Broadway for a little while, but it was like, that's the longest a lot of shows have been there for. Wow. Um, he got an Anime Academy Award nomination for, I think, a Little Shop. I'm not sure. Um, and then nomination. He, nomination, yeah, yeah. Yeah, nomination definitely for um, best song. Yeah. Um, and then he uh, partnered with Disney after that because they were like, "Why? What? We should take this guy under our wing, like get him <laughs> to do shows for us." Yeah. Um, so he did Little Mermaid, uh, Beauty and the Beast, uh, Pocahontas um Notre Dame Hercules Enchanted and Tangled um yeah he got an Academy Award nomination uh three sorry I'm just looking through uh okay so he won two Academy Awards for Little Mermaid one for the score and one for Under the Sea um and then for Being the Beast he got four Academy Award nominations three for original song for um uh the title song bell and be your guest um he won for uh the score and the title song so be the beast the mrs Potts song wait could they like submit more than one song i think they did they probably i mean it's i mean at that point the musical category was pretty like it was pretty thin <laughs> so they were like just throw it all in there it's, they have disney money they can submit multiple songs I guess so, yeah. Um, and then uh, he got an Academy Award for Aladdin. He got, sorry, two Academy Awards. So for score and for original song, mm -hmm. um, Whole New World. Um, uh, yeah. yeah. 
uh, not really a fan of the song, but that's my whole thing. Um, <laughs> uh, then he did Newsies after uh, Ashman passed, um, and uh, Jack Feldman wrote the lyrics for that. I'm not too sure who he is, um, but I guess we'll talk about it later. Um, and then he worked with Stephen Schwartz, uh, Wicked Fame. Stephen Schwartz, fun fact, never won a Tony, even though he's done Wicked and Godspell and like a bunch of different shows. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was weird. Um, Pocahontas gave Megan his seventh and eighth Academy Awards. Um, so he has Octuplets at home, I guess. Um, like Colors of the Wind. Yeah, Colors of the Wind and Original Score. Um, yeah, they really shelled them out to him. Yeah, but I mean, they're all they're, they're all really good songs. It's like so. when you're a genius, it just yeah. comes to you naturally. <laughs> yeah, he um, he got an Academy he got an Academy Award nomination for each of the Hundred Passion Notre Dame, Hercules, Enchanted, Tangled. Um, there might have been a couple extra ones thrown in there for individual songs, but he didn't win for any of those four. Um, he wrote for Gallivant, a uh, TV show, amazing, only a few seasons, revived Gallivant, <laughs> but whatever, that's my own thing. I know you can't market a musical TV show that well, but he did it for six years, so I can't Gallivant do it. I'm over this it. This has been Max's corner. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, uh, so he got an uh, Emmy nomination for Gallivant. Um, so he's done a couple uh, screened stage adaptations for, for Broadway, so Sister Act, Leap of Faith, and Bronx Tale. Um, uh, nominated for five Tonys, winning one for Newsies. That's so weird. He's only won one Tony. That's crazy. Um, and then he has won 11 of 24 Grammy nominations. Um, what happened to the other 13, Menken? <laughs> um, and then he recently received EGOT status when he won a daytime Emmy for Rapunzel's Tangled Adventure. So yeah, good for him wouldn't know that that would win anything yeah i it's a i don't really know what it is but it's a kids 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 category or something like that yeah um okay so howard ashman uh born in baltimore in 1950 uh went to boston university um he met alan menken maura yeston and ed cleveland at the bmi workshop uh, his first collaboration was with uh, Alan Menken with her God Bless You, God Bless you Mr. Rosewater and Little Shop of Horrors. Um, he directed the workshop for Nine of uh, by Maury Yeston. So Nine is so good. I love it so much. Um, we can do that later on too. Um, he directed as well as contributed the, mu- the lyrics and book for the musical Smile uh, on Broadway. Uh, did not do well, but it was still, uh, it was still an okay show. Um, one of the stars, uh, Jody Benson, um, was approached by Ashman to star Little Mermaid, um, and then History with Mermaid because Jody Benson voiced Ariel Little Mermaid and sang the song, um, <laughs> icon the song the song, and then she um, had a cameo in Enchanted, and the rest was history. <laughs> Wait, um, who was she in Enchanted? Uh, the receptionist at the um, like you know when. Uh, when she eats the goldfish she eats the goldfish yeah yeah <laughs> yeah this receptionist there <laughs> okay that makes sense yeah yeah um so the night of the academy awards uh the 62nd ashman won his first academy award uh he told mickey that he discussed something uh the next day he told mickey that he tested positive for hiv aids uh but oh, he yeah. kept working for like a couple years after that um so he worked on beating the beast in aladdin he finished Being the Beast um, before dying on March 14th, 1991. 
Um, he contributed to Aladdin before passing away when Tim Rice took over. He, so over his career, he won two Academy Awards out of seven nominations, five Grammys out of 11 nominations, and received four Tony nominations. Uh, Beauty and the Beast featured a tribute at the end, saying to our Fred Howard, who gave the mermaid her voice, a beast, a soul, we will be, for, we will be forever grateful. Hmm. Um, yeah, he was only 41 when he died, so tragic. Um, and the thing that sucks is like he never won Tony, but they've recently changed um, the way that revivals are like given to, like revival words are given out. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're, um, so they they give a Tony to the writer even if they're past um, for the revival because it's still their original text. Mm-hmm. Um, so if they ever revive an Alan Lincoln show, please um they've been they've been talking about being the beast for a little while recently um because it was like the first i'm not sure if it was the first broadway disney show but it was what is i think it was yeah yeah so they haven't brought it back on broadway for like a long time yeah i think since it closed in like like the 2000s huh. yeah um yeah I don't know why. Pretty... i've always thought of that musical as just always being around but I think yeah for just... sure because I've seen like off Broadway things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, it's a really good show, and I really I, I saw that show so many times. Like, like I think it's probably the show I've seen the most. Um, mm-hmm. not because it's like my favorite, but just because it's always like it's a high, yeah. it's produced <laughs> at high schools a lot. Yeah. Um, like, so, it, so I saw it on a Grove. I saw it at uh, Fundy. I saw it. Well, you saw um, it with me at Fundy. Yeah, I saw it with you, at Fundy. That was the um, weirdest like audience setup that they've ever had yeah. that, that I've ever experienced. Yeah. But you know what? I almost cried like when after hearing like, the story of the girl that was played Belle. Mm-hmm. Um, like she's, I'm not sure where she's from, but she's from some country where you can't sing in the I think it's Iran. Yeah. Um, like an exchange student played Belle and just immediately hearing her voice, I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna cry. Like, because I heard some parents talking about her story. Yeah. And I was like, oh my god. <laughs> um and I've seen it, uh, I don't know where else I've seen it, but I've seen it, like, everywhere in the lower mainland, basically. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I, oh, yeah, I saw it Poppy, because um, I did a Poppy uh, two years before we went there. Um, I'm always going to be angry. If I was one year older, I would have been in Legally Blonde. If I was one year younger, I would have been in Heather's. Whatever. We passed it. <laughs> I had to fit loose, and I guess that's what, that's, I guess that's my consolation prize. <laughs> Um, anyways, <laughs> I've moved on. I'm not talking about high school theater anymore. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, um, so just people that have been in the show recently, um, uh, okay, so, uh, oh, not recently, but have been in the show, El- uh, Ellen Green, so she was original Andre in the movie and off probably, I think, mm-hmm. um, she was originally from the stage. Um, I don't know what else she's been in, um, but she's... He's been in no. Pushing Daisies. Okay, yeah, I saw that on the Wikipedia, but I didn't really know what it was. Yeah. So it's it's like this neon or like really bright colored idealist world where people get murdered, but it's really like light and airy and whatever. And she's okay. one of she's one of two ants, and she she talks like this all the time. So she's basically like Audrey, but in a different character. Mm. But okay. yeah, it's just really kooky, <laughs> and it has Lily Pace in it. So oh. mm. yeah. <laughs> um 
And then we have uh, Hunter Foster, um, brother to Sutton Foster. I was um, just about to ask that. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, he was in uh, Urine Town. Um, I'm trying to think what else he's been in. He's been in a couple of other shows. Um, this was like his big thing, like when they re when they revived a uh, little shop off Broadway mm-hmm. in 2003. It was him. Um, and then Carrie Butler, uh, Xanadu, um, a couple of Disney things, um, Mean Girls recently, Beetlejuice recently. Um, she kind of went from like the, like the, um, you know, like Audrey, well, no, like, like the high school, like sweet girl archetype to like the cool mom archetype, like Mean Girls and then Beetlejuice. Um, okay. She plays uh, Barbara and Beetlejuice. Um, I just want to listen to Beetlejuice. It's spooky months. I've never seen it. It's okay. It's <laughs> that's, that's my glowing endorsement of it. <laughs> I'm sure that we talked about whether or not we wanted to do it for this month. I think like it's it's definitely a fun show, but like if we can if we want to do another spooky month next October. Wow, um, that's interesting to think about. I know. <laughs> One year um, from now. I know. <laughs> Um, then we can definitely do Beetlejuice, and there's a couple other shows we could do. Um, are there a couple? Of, we can probably. Does it freak you out that we're we've almost reached our one year anniversary? It 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 just it doesn't because I'm like this just feels <laughs> this just feels like routine to me. Like at a certain point, I'm like, oh, gotta do stuff for the podcast. Not like I still enjoy it, but it's just like at a certain point, I'm like, oh, really? Watch it, yourself. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, don't I, worry, I, I feel that way too. No, I like I enjoy it, and I'm really I'm happy we're doing this. And it's good thing. It's good to like keep contact with Annika and like, you know, yeah. be social, <laughs> and like, you know, it's good to like it's always good to like, um, like exercise the research muscle without like doing it like for school. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not much. It's not much research. It's Wikipedia mostly, but like it's still like good to like, I don't know, create and not have it be graded or paid for although paid for would be nice but <laughs> yeah we keep we keep getting all those well I think we got that one email that's like here's how to monetize your podcast and we just yeah. haven't really looked at it yeah I think that just make it even more complicated I'm okay doing it for fun I would feel like I would feel so much more compelled to do well on it and I feel like I would just hurt it <laughs> um actually we got uh the because you know how there's like a radio station at my school yeah um I was talking with one of the people who works there because we're trying to get a podcast going for the Ukrainian group. Mm. And actually I should really be working on that soon. But um, they they were like, oh yeah. And if you already have like a podcast, you should uh, see if we can kind of help spread the news or whatever about it. Mm -hmm. So since we already have episodes, we could always just forward it to them and see what they can do with it. Yeah, sure. I'll be fun. It definitely won't be for money. No, for sure. No, it's a school. It's a school thing. <laughs> yeah, unless they yeah. like add advertisements on it. Yeah. But uh, yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Carrie Butler, uh, Anthony Rapp, uh, Rent. He played Roger. Um, he was on he Star was, Trek. Yeah, he was uh, Charlie Brown, and uh, you're going to Charlie Brown, I think. Um, I think. Trying to think what else he's been in, but that's kind of the main things he's known for. Jonathan Groff, um, The King, and uh, Hamilton. Um, Wait, who did he play in it? Uh, the King. No, in, in, uh, in uh, Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, uh, Seymour. He was in the, it was there off of a rival, like, this going on right now. Um, oh, so this is, like, different. 
Uh-huh. Oh, it's a different cast. Sorry, Anthony okay. Rapp was yeah. uh, Seymour at some at some point. I just wrote down names for this one. I was like, I need to talk ah. about them. I know it's brief. Okay. Um, I was Jonathan... like, this is a stacked cast. Jesus. <laughs> uh, Jonathan Groff. Um, he was also in Spring Awakening. What was his name? Melchior Gavor. Um, I hated that. <laughs> uh, he was in the original cast with um, you know, all those up and coming stars, um, and some of them fell quite hard. Um, sub for you, Michelle. Um, what else was he in? Um, he was in Glee. He's been he's frozen. Frozen. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, he's definitely crossed over to like movie TV. Like he's um, people know who he is other than just the Broadway guy. Yeah. Um, he was also in Looking. If you watched that show, I tried watching it. He his character kind of annoyed me. I can't I remember just, why though. Mm. Um, oh, he was also in Mindhunter, right? Oh, that was a good one. Okay, I've heard it's good. Yeah, watch Mindhunter, but only if you are okay with being profoundly disturbed. <laughs> um, and then Christian Borel, we talked about him in our uh, spam. Wait, no, sp- something rotten episode. Oh, he I think he's also, he's also spam a lot though. too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I just um, oh. yeah. I know. I, I also forget what we've done. I'm like, wait, did, what show have we done so far? Oh my um, god, we've done so much work. I know. I'm like, wait, like we already did fill in the roof. <laughs> what do you mean we already did fill in the roof? Dang it! I have so yeah. much more to say about it. Exactly. I'm like, I should, I should go back and listen to the episode and see what what we said. Yeah. I'm, no, I, I'm that's why I don't listen to old episodes anymore because like I know I'm gonna get annoyed that I'm like yeah. I'm so unexperienced. I know for sure. Yeah. Um and then George Salazar, he's um he's pretty new. Uh, not new, but he was in Godspell, I think in like 2011 that was a like, revival happened. Um mm-hmm. and he was one of the Godspell people. I'm not sure I'm not f- too familiar with Godspell. I saw the Arts Club a couple years ago, but like I mean a couple years ago I was like 13. But um just a baby. I know, um, but he he he's mostly known for um, Michael Mel in uh, Be More Chill. Um, that show is really fun, um, but it's not really ba- it's based on a book, but it's uh, eh, kind of loosely based. Um, although actually, Be More Chill is like the like the new version of La Shop of Horrors. Like it's about like like a like a computer virus that like turns into like an Audrey 2 kind of character. Um, it's so really like cool. Ultron? I guess so. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> although it's like it's it's like a pill you take, and then it turn, it's like it kind of like hosts on your body. So like um, the Matrix. I'm. I have. I. I, I don't know. I felt. I felt asleep during the Matrix. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and I'm sorry. Don't come for me. Matrix stands, but um, <laughs> that show's fun. I don't think you would enjoy it. It's definitely like child not childish but it's definitely like not mature mm-hmm. um like the writing style is like it's definitely skewed for younger younger audience um although there's still like is like you know sex and drugs references so mm-hmm. i don't know what kind of they're going for a very niche like 14 to 18 category <laughs> and you know what the 14 to 18 year olds got it on broadway so good for them um and then MJ Rodriguez um, was also, oh yeah, George Salazar was in the impression at the Pasadena Playhouse in 2019. Um, and MJ, MJ Rodriguez was the Audrey too, or sorry, the Audrey. Um, uh, I believe MJ Rodriguez is in Pose, right? 
I don't know. Ooh, sorry, I should have looked this up earlier. I just know that it's a it's an actual person. <laughs> uh, like Andrew Rodriguez is an is a mainstream star compared to like these Broadway folks. Um, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, she's in Pose, um, and so she was the first woman transgender woman to earn an Emmy nomination for a uh, major acting category. Hmm. Um, and I believe she was the first major trans woman to play Audrey too, or sorry, to play Audrey. <laughs> oh, it's like okay. Um, oh, anyway, the first trans woman of color to play Audrey in a major production. Um, and then, uh, what else has she been in? The Carrie Diaries, Luke Cage, uh, yeah. Nurse Jackie. Uh, she played Angel and Rent in 2011 at New World Stages. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And then uh, Kevin, oh, sorry, Amber Riley um, was also in the production ah, yes. as uh, Audrey 2. Um, Audrey 2. Yeah, yeah, they had, um, I have, actually, I was going to listen to that something, I was going to listen to it recently uh, today, but I couldn't find it or I didn't look, but um, Amber Riley is Glee, you know who Amber Riley is. Um, mm-hmm. She played uh, freaking uh, Mercedes. Mercedes. God, I hate, what, what kind of stand am I? Um, <laughs> Um, and then, uh, and then she was also in The Wiz Live as Ada Pearl, um, and then she was also in Dream Girls uh, in the West End. I saw I saw her, and it was so good um, as <laughs> Effie White, and she won a Lawrence Olivier Award for that. Um, yeah, and then uh, Kevin Chamberlain was also in that production as Mr. Mr. Mushnick. Definitely a very stacked cast for that show. Um, uh, Kevin Chamberlain is, uh, he's wicked. He was the, uh, oh, I think he was the wonderful guy. I don't know. Was, it, was he the wizard? Yeah, yeah, the wizard. But like, it's like, the, you don't really see him in front of the curtain. It's like the, you see him behind the curtain. Um, so like the guy that turns out to be the wizard is Kevin Chamberlain. Um, yeah. His name isn't, his name isn't Kevin Chamberlain. <laughs> <laughs> pull, pull back the curtain, Tin Man. Oh, it's Kevin Chamberlain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, what was I saying? He was also in um, the Seuss musical, which is so good. Um, yeah, Seussical. Oh, yeah. It's called Seussical. God. <laughs> Seuss musical. Okay, next. Put it together. Put it together. There you go. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's been in quite a bit. Um, he's an icon. He was also, oh, yeah, he was in the prom movie as. Um, Didn't see it. Oh, what was he? He was like the he was the agent in the prom movie. Um, who was like getting the Broadway stars across the country. Um Oh, wait, you know how like everyone's saying that like James Corden must have seen something awful for or in for him to be cast in all these roles um in musicals that he's like blackmailing them so he can get all these roles and then we're like oh no that's not it and then they're like oh my goddess like I swear to god if he ends up getting a role in Wicked and then he does he gets the one of the characters I I don't know Wicked so I can't help you I think he probably could he probably could be put into the role of um like Kevin Chamberlain played um of like the wizard (laughs) yeah it's just like 
I like him as a host. He's a cool host, but in the musical movies, I'm like, stay away, please. Like, because he was in the new Cinderella movie as well. That was which, which a, honestly, the whole thing was a crap show. It's a cursed um, movie. I tried to like, I tried to like, <laughs> like, I, like, I saw like some Broadway TikToker was like, like was like, no, they actually made the like the rats sing resignation. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. they have like, am I wrong? <laughs> you, like her like chin <sighs> moving around. I don't know. I'm like, not the biggest fan of Camila Cabello in the first place, but yeah, she's she's okay. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know pop stars at all. Um Although, actually, side note, I kind of want to get into Dula Peep. Uh, I was going to say Dula Peep. <laughs> uh, Dua Lipa. <laughs> um because oh. i heard physical um like that song is so good uh, yeah um but <laughs> they had the, the dresses by ella and they're so bad <laughs> what do you mean like do you see the dresses that she's made in that movie no i haven't they're really bad yeah <laughs> And that's the thing they're like who like she's supposed to be like this revolutionary designer or whatever and it's like a random dress with like a piece of mismatching tool over top of it <laughs> you know it'll be fun honestly if we like because like ever like since we recorded the like the um the uh cinderella episode there's been like like at least two more like cinderella updations that have come out so there's like yeah. the Carrie Hope, there's a Carrie Hope Fletcher one that's in the West End, and then there's that movie, and then there's a couple other ones we could do. I mean, do like, like a Cinderella story, or like, uh, just like you know, just if we have like a month where we're just like, like, like crap on all the Cinderella adaptations, like this was like this is why it's not historically accurate. <laughs> 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 this doesn't stick to the original text. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. Anywho. That's enough of that. <laughs> and it's like, I have to find the picture of one of the dresses because it's horrific. Um, yeah, because like the princess or whatever her name is, is supposed to like come out wearing one of her dresses and it looks really bad. You know what? I'm probably not going to find it, but. Hmm. I, yeah, I can't. I, for it I can't find that. anything on it, but I'm sure. I, I mean, it's an Amazon movie. It's never gonna be, you know. <laughs> they did a better job in Once Upon a Time. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> um, I've always wanted to get into Once Upon a Time, but it's all it's it's just like it's just so much, and I've heard that like like it's a circle it's a cyclical plot, and like the main reason I watch it is because it's all filmed in BC, but I don't think it's enough for me. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, anywho, this show has been nominated for talking about Little Shop of Horrors still, I guess. Oh Jesus! Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this show was nominated for two Grammys. So for uh, best show album for the original Off Broadway production and the, the most recent Off Broadway production, um, and then I got a Tony nomination for Hunter Foster in 20, 2003, um, but it hasn't won anything. Um, it's won a couple Off Broadway uh, things, but nothing too notable. Um. Yeah. So, what are your fun facts? One sec. I'm sending you a photo of the dress. Okay. <laughs> I found oh, it. Nice. <laughs> then again, I haven't actually watched the movie. I've I've watched someone watch the movie, or do like a reaction. Oh, ew. <laughs> <laughs> 
What's that like jewel that she has? I don't know. Oh, okay. It's like some sort of brooch, but it looks very strange. Yeah. Like, let's put some lilac tulle as a sash on top of a like skin color dress. Yeah. And give her bright white gloves and do nothing with her hair. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyways, some of that might get cut out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just sound really bitter. I don't know. <laughs> okay. So fun facts, uh, while promoting the film's release, the Audrey 2 plant would sometimes be interviewed as well as the cast. And occasionally the interview would end with the plant eating the interviewer. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, mean Green Mother from Outer Space is the first Oscar nominated song to contain profanity. Um, it is also written specifically for the film. Mm-hmm. Um, the one they performed it, I think, uh, they took out all the profanity parts. Um, the puppeteers who designed and operated the Audrey II puppet were veterans of the Jim Henson company, aka the Muppets, and one of the operators was Jim Henson's son, Brian Henson. Um, yeah, Ellen Green was the only member of the off-Broadway cast to appear in the 1980s film, um originally steven spielberg was to be the executive producer and martin scorsese was going to direct geez that's like a could you whole, imagine it's a whole different movie <laughs> it's like he's like feed me see more and he pulls out a gun <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> but then it's like left it's um robert de niro's voice feed me see more <laughs> yeah you're talking to me you're talking yeah. to me you gotta feed me see more yeah no it's uh, definitely a different <laughs> Very different movie. It'd be a lot more Italian. <laughs> uh, Mr. Mr. Like, like Mr. Like Mr. Pazzini. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Pazzini, you gotta help me. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, sorry, my my chair is not cooperating with me today. I've been in it all day. Mm. How can I only hear you at a one? Wait, can you talk for a bit. Hello. This is okay. Never mind. Okay. Cool. I, I... <laughs> I can only hear you out of one ear. Oh, okay. Also, this is like a, I probably should have said this at the beginning. I've had a lot of coffee today. Okay. <laughs> Just FYI. It all makes sense now. <laughs> I had some espresso. Yeah. Um. So Frank Oz initially turned down the offer to direct the film, but then later changed his mind when he got like an idea about how he wanted to do it. Mm. Um, while filming the scene in which... Dr. Scrabello pushes open the double swinging doors to Audrey's apartment complex. Steve Martin cut his hands when the glass windows shattered. As a result, in the final cut, he is kicking the door open. Uh, the outtake of Martin cutting his hand can be seen as a special feature on the DVD and Blu-ray Blu release. Um, that seems kind of like a strange thing to put in the special features. Like, hey, hey, here this guy is maiming himself. And uh, are you looking it up? Hmm? Sorry, I was you... oh no sorry. sorry i thought you were looking it up or are you sorry i haven't, I haven't listened <laughs> sorry <laughs> i was on a different window distracted. <sighs> i will close the window the window is closed i just have my podcast notes open now you see how important i am to <laughs> and second glass <laughs> and what am i chop liver <laughs> 
Okay. Um, do you want me to repeat that last one? I'll hear what I'm editing. <laughs> Whatever. Okay. I'm sorry. When the film was released in 1986, it was the most expensive film that Warner Brothers had ever produced. Its budget was 25 million. Wow. Yeah. Uh, the role of Audrey was originally offered to Cindy Lauper, but she couldn't commit due to scheduling conflicts. And apparently Madonna was also considered for, for the role. Hmm. That would be definitely, a, very different. Yeah, it'd be or very different. Like different. with like both them. Um, I guess the only main difference would be like the voice. Um, but also like they're not like state actors, like they don't really have the same kind of like oomph as Ellen Green. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If they like they would both try to put their own spin of the music. Mm-hmm. And like Ellen Green as a state actor, she knows that it's like it's you know, it's responsible to be like strict to the text or like strict to the notes. So I'm glad she was part of it. And like she's also the one that like was in the original production too. So it's like, yeah, that's her role. She definitely made it her own. Is Cindy Lauper the one that does uh Twilight like, Clips of the Heart? Uh no. no. Uh she's uh True Colors. Who's, Wait, what, who's totally close to the heart? Bonnie Tyler. Bonnie Tyler. Okay. Go. I got go. those mixed up because I was like, they need to have a very husky voice. Yeah, they definitely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Mushnik is the only main character in the film who does not sing at all. Mm. Um, Eddie Murphy was considered to be the role of Audrey, too. Mm. <laughs> you imagine, like, it's like Donkey speaking out yeah. of the <laughs> <laughs> plant. <laughs> In the yeah, morning, I made waffles. Zemo, I made waffles. Yeah. <laughs> um, this the film spawned a spin-off Saturday morning cartoon in 1991 called Little Shop, which took place in the flower shop and featured Seymour and his friends, as well as a nicer version of Audrey too, who doesn't eat anyone. Um, I mean, because I, I, I think Saturday they, morning cartoon, so um, yeah. yeah, they thought they, they have to have some longevity, jerk. so they can't eat everybody right away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, none of the original cast took part. I'm not surprised. Yeah. Uh, the 1986 film got better reviews than the original, and plans for a sequel bleh, plans for a sequel were made, but never materialized. Um, the yeah. sequel just be I don't bleak. know what they would have done. It'd just be like bleak. It'd be like after Audrey two takes over the world, like that depends which ending you go for. I yeah I, yeah. Because there are, this is, leads into my next fun fact, there are two endings to the film. One where both Seymour and Audrey 1 die and Audrey 2 takes over the world. And then the other where Seymour and Audrey 1 defeat Audrey 2 and live happily ever after. Hmm. Uh, I feel like the main crux of the plot is like, maybe because I'm too like stuck to the musical, but like, the main, main crux of the plot is like when Audrey dies and it's like his big vengeance is to kill Audrey 2 and then he dies in vain. Mm, yeah yeah because it gets picked up by the advertising guy or whatever mm. from what i remember yeah um and yeah so when i when or when i was reading through some of the articles someone had said like oh yeah i don't think it can really be recreated today um and so i said like oh yeah i really don't think it could be remade successfully today but in january 2020 full circle cinema announced that there was going to be a remake or that there was a remake in the works. Mm-hmm. Do you want to guess who was cast as Seymour? Oh, Chris Evans, right? Nope. Oh, no. He, who... he was going to be the dentist. Wait, who's Seymour? Taryn Edgerton. 
Okay, I'm happy. I was like, I was like, don't say, don't, don't say James Corden. <laughs> <laughs> I was like oh so God. scared. I was like, oh, don't. I was like, is it? Please don't sell me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not ready to be hurt again. <laughs> oh, you just know that he would want to be like Audrey too. Uh, it's just like stop, give it up. You've heard like at a certain point when you've heard everyone like shitting on you, you just stop and give up and be like, no, never mind. Yeah. Don't, people don't like it I won't make people suffer through it anymore there was apparently like a, a like reddit Q&A or some sort of thing where like it was live and they were asking him questions and one person said like oh are you thinking of returning to the UK if so how can we stop that from happening <laughs> like I don't I don't like condone bullying but like I I've heard so many rumors that he's like a terrible person. I'm I'm sure he is. Like it's he's a he has power. He's like he has like a his name's on a screen. He well, his name's like in lights, his name's like everywhere. So it's just like at a certain point you it goes to your head. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's a bad person. I don't hate him. Like I don't have like this like vitriol that everyone has for him. I understand the vitriol. I'm not opposed to the vitriol. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just like he just he's just having fun and I feel bad but I'm also like could you have fun like not on my screen (laughs) (laughs) yeah Um, like he's had enough like like even like Meryl Streep's only been in like two major musical movies like give her more like yeah anywho (laughs) um they also had cast Scarlett Johansson as Audrey Mm. I could see that um and yeah. Billy Porter as Audrey too. I oh, I love I I would totally be here for that. <laughs> as of May 2021, the production has been postponed indefinitely. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. So those um, are my fun facts. Nice. So what's your favorite song? <laughs> um, I really like Skid Row or Downtown as it Yeah. Um, just listening to it again today, I really like Dadu. Mm. Dadu. Dadu. Um, I also really like Suddenly Seymour and Feed Me. Yeah. <laughs> Feed Me. How about you? Um, I have too many that I love. This is a show <laughs> that I always, like, always loved and I always wanted to like Seymour as a dream role. It's fine. Um, <laughs> if I ever do shows again. Um, but like, I love, yeah, Skid Row for sure. Like, you, like that first song is like you hear like the long and the yearning to like be somewhere else from their voices. Mm-hmm. Um uh somewhere that's green is just like such a good like i want song mm-hmm. um it's just and like you get to meet audrey for who she is um yeah. like while she's talking about herself not like with somebody else present um uh phoebe for sure um suddenly seymour oh i love that song so much yeah um the meek shall inherit this is like a show only song but it's like at the end um like after they kill Mr. Mushnick, um, like Audrey Two is this huge phenomenon. So everyone's like, oh, let's get him on the screen. So let's become this big, like famous guy, um, or famous plant. But they um and then like uh Seymour is feeling like so guilty because he's killed like two people at this point. Yep. Um and then it just kind of culminates in this good song. Um yep. and then somewhere that's green reprise is Oh, like that song like makes me cry um, when I see it live. Um, I've only seen it live once, but you know, I cried one time, so you know. 
it'll happen again um <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. um but it's like when audrey audrey's been like seriously hurt by the plant like she almost got killed but like seymour pulled her out um but she's clearly on the way out so she's like feed me the plant i'll be somewhere that's green <laughs> and i'm like oh <laughs> uh, it's definitely nice to my heart <laughs> i know um then don't feed the plants the finale number is so good it's like such a fun like well everything's gone to shit but here we are <laughs> yeah we're, we're allowed once we're word per episode i sworn a couple times today it's fine um I'm, as long as we're I'm not the- getting paid um, I'll, I'll swear at a protest as long as we're not getting paid <laughs> um, um i'm kind of surprised that you didn't mention the dentist song i'm not really a den- i'm not a huge fan of the dentist he's a little bit much for me maybe it's just jules who likes it i think so yeah for sure yeah 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 um favorite character uh i think seymour seymour's probably my yeah. favorite i just love how like meek he is and like how like <laughs> but I, I love like the, the development from like you know meek flower shop boy to like you know this mogul that turns that like is just like this famous guy in the community um yeah what about you uh yeah seymour yeah and uh it's really kind of endearing because like like I, I wrote down, my God, Rick Moranis is such a great singer. Like I didn't expect that from him. But he's, he's so good, and he's like really uh, good. I should have mentioned Rick Moranis, but like he's like, I mean, we all know who Rick Moranis is. Like the Honey I Shrunk the or blew up the franchise. Um, Whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> and um, uh, Ghostbusters. Yeah. Was he Bob and Doug McKenzie? Is that him? Who? Bob and Doug McKenzie. I have no idea. Okay. Is um, that from Ghostbusters? No, no. no. <laughs> um wait uh rick marinas uh has to be a link for him somewhere on this wikipedia page (laughs) uh rick moranis um he oh yeah he's a canadian dude he's from sctv i believe yeah yeah second city television which is like a toronto-based uh thing oh the moose guys the moose guys yeah yeah Okay. um before they yeah, became Str- the moose guys yeah yeah strange brew oh, okay and then they were yeah then they had they were in brother bear uh he was in brother bear was the moose other moose guy um he's been kind of he's been kind of off the map recently just because his wife died in 1991 yeah and he quit hollywood to raise his kids yeah but he did um he was nominated for grammy in 2006 for a comedy album um and he's he's been around actually like he i think his kids grew up yeah, his kids grew up, so he's like, okay, I'm, I'm allowed to be a person again. <laughs> um, I'll bet you're not a person when you're raising kids, but... Yeah, um, but he was, like, everywhere, like, the late 80s, early 90s, and then, like, from, like, 1992 until 2020, there was, like, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight credits from those uh, 28 years just because of, you know, raising children and stuff. Um, but... Yeah, it's just crazy thinking about how, like, he was this huge person, and then it was just, like, something that awful happened, and he had to take time off. Yeah. Yeah. Although the Flintstones was after his wife died. Well, he might have done it before, or, like, filmed I mean, it before. And it, it, was was ni- it was 94, though. His wife died in 91, so it'd be a couple of years, like... Was like it production, a big role? Um, Barney. I don't know. Uh, the <laughs> the best friend of Fred Flintstone. <laughs> um, 
I don't exactly remember that production being very good. It was, yeah, it was definitely a mid-90s movie. Because you had um, Rosie O'Donnell. What's her name in it? Ray Rosie O'Donnell. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love her icon. <laughs> um, anywho, yeah, that's Moranis. He's been uh, a little bit off the map lately, but he's, he has reasons too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, anything, else, anything else we want to talk about? Uh, I don't have any like more facts or yeah anything like that. Um, this is a fun show. I definitely, some people ask me what my favorite show is, and I'm allowed to give multiple answers. I see like the three that I have, so like Fiddler, Mean Girls, Cabaret. But mm-hmm. I, if I have to give one, I always give this one as the answer. Okay. Um, just because it's like a, it's a show people know, and it's also like a show that like, it is one of my favorites. Um, and it's like for different reasons than those three. Mm-hmm. Um, like each one I have a favorite for like a different reason. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's just it's one of my favorites, and it always will be. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I just remember having so much fun seeing it at Walnut Grove. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's a. It was. It's a really fun show to see live. If you're able to see it live, and especially like during spooky season. Yeah. Um. Although I'm sure it's pretty easy to produce right now because it's like only eight people and like one of them, one of them's a puppet, so you can you know put the person in the puppet suit and like have the people walk around. Um, yeah. Well, I guess you need a couple people in the puppet suit. Yeah. I think when they did Walnut Grove, they had like a couple people that did the puppeteering. Like it wasn't just one person; it was a couple people. Yeah, and then one person was the voice. Yeah, was he like off to the side, or was he like? I think well, he was off to the side. He just yeah. had like a microphone. Right, he was just wearing like regular clothes. I'm like, okay, well, I mean, if you're doing a show, you might as well dress up a little bit. But <laughs> it's kind of like a dream role, like where you get to be a part of it, but no one sees you. Yeah, <laughs> you walk like, on the end of the. You're like, I'm Audrey too. Hi. And they're like, Oh my god. Yeah. We don't know what you look like. Yeah. Anywho, we got to get out of here. Yeah, so <laughs> I have this so much been... work to do. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, this has been our final episode of the Cult Following Month. Yeah. yeah thank you everyone for listening to their uh, return to the podcast. Yeah. Um, and our, uh, yeah, our spooky month. Spooky. Um, a lot of blood in this month. Um, I know it's like, obviously spooky month, but like, I guess not, a little, not much like a Rocky Horror, but like, like the other three are definitely a lot of blood based. Um, oh yeah, yeah. So maybe next time we'll do spooky, but not as like you know gory spooky. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, le- or next year we can do the guy who didn't like musicals. Mm, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, we just we, we just have some star kids in there. Yeah, I just introduced it to my roommates, and we watched. Uh, oh yeah, we watched the guy who doesn't like musicals as well as Trail to Oregon a couple days mm. ago. Nice. And they really liked it yeah we could um i think so <laughs> i was trying to find a way to like we could do like the harry potter shows without like i don't know because there's like it's about like the books but like the books are like a lot to talk about and they're also you know ticket rolling um yeah. but like i was listening to the opening number a couple days ago i was like yes i love this so much <laughs> <laughs> Um, back to Hogwarts. Hogwarts. Yeah. Oh, so I honestly it's just the choreography for me when they're doing like the like, going on the train, like this year we'll go everywhere. <laughs> but, like, I, like it's just watching Draco Malfoy always cracks me up so much. <laughs> Did somebody Daddy, say Draco Daddy. Malfoy. <laughs> you love me. Yeah. Going to just, pig farts. I just love Lauren Lopez so much. And like oh, she's just such an icon. Uh 
Okay. <laughs> oh my god. This is turned into a bit of a longer episode, yeah. Yeah, we're uh although we have like, you know, like five like, minutes of beginning we talked about Monogro and like ten minutes in the middle where we had a social crisis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we have time we have stuff we can cut out. Um yeah. yeah, so thank you guys for listening to episode number three, six of history and spotlight on Little Shop of Horrors. Uh we'll <laughs> see you next week with I don't know. I think it might be Phantom. Phantom. Oh, we're redoing Phantom. Yeah. Okay, sounds good. I'm good with that. I can. I don't think it was my best work. Yeah, me either. I was definitely it was near the end of my time. I was like, I need to. Yeah. I need to take some time off. <laughs> it deserves um, some better uh, attention. Yeah. So we're back with Phantom next week. Um, we'll. Uh, you can find us on Instagram, History of the Spotlight. Uh, find us on Twitter at History in the SP One. You can find us at our email. Email us at history in the, history in the spotlight at gmail.com. Email us all your thoughts, your opinions. Uh, do you like the show? Do you not like the show? Um, any shows we should do in the future? Uh, check our backlog to see if we have done the show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah and... We don't want people saying like, oh, have you done Fiddler? Have you done Fiddler? And we're like, dude, yeah, just look we have. better. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so we'll see you next week with... Uh, oh yeah, we're red Red Bubble too. Just look at Patriot Spotlight. We're on a red, red, red Bubble. Um, yeah, so see you next week with Phantom. Bye-bye. Bye.